Festivus A's fans, and welcome to episode 192 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, we are doing our Festivus episode. I got uh, Bryce Patterick of Locked On Rangers and Ryan Latica of Locked On Rockies, and we do our airing of grievances, where we just uh, complain about our, our own teams. They had a little bit more to complain about, given uh, how their teams have been performing of late. But uh, I I still found plenty to complain about as an A's fan. And then uh, we also did our feats of strength, where we nominated one power-hitting player on each of our teams. And uh, we made our case for that player. And then the other two guys would just spend a couple of minutes just ripping that guy to shreds. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, there's that. There's some other baseball talk. We talk about uh, Derek Jeter being overrated and kind of a jerk. Uh, Not really, but uh, he does come up at some point. Uh, so it's just a fun conversation that we had in honor of Festivus. So uh, this is uh, the Festivus episode. If you don't know much about Festivus, we do explain what Festivus is. It's from a Seinfeld episode from like 1998. So uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's the episode for today, you guys. But before I send it over to our discussion, I just wanted to remind you guys to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. And are you guys ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up, and with the playoff picture becoming even more clear, there is one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. That is a one word, Locked On, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put up $100, they will give you 50 extra dollars to spend for your betting pleasures. So that is how that works. Uh, obviously if you put some money down on the Warriors to win last night, did not work out for you. So maybe on Christmas against the Bucks, you, you take the Bucks at minus nine. The Warriors are getting no respect on betonline.ag, but after their showing on opening night, you kind of see why it's going to be a fun and interesting season if you're a Warriors fan. So may as well just make some money betting against the Warriors uh, in the meantime. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action, bet against the Warriors, and don't forget to use that promo code locked on that is one word locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts all right so coming up in just one second i got my talk with ryan latica of locked on rockies and bryce patterick of locked on rangers i do want to apologize because my audio is very strange and a little bit choppy for some reason uh their sound great apparently my computer which was their recording computer hates me so uh hopefully it's not too distracting i didn't find it too distracting so hopefully you guys don't either uh but enjoy this festivus episode if you have any grievances with your baseball team if it's not the a's or even if it is the a's uh send them to us at locked on a's and then uh tell us who you would nominate around baseball for your feet of strength champion who is the major league baseball feet of strength champion uh, hit us up at Locked On A's on Twitter. And so without further ado, here is my talk with those two guys that I've met. I've said their names too many times. You know who's coming up. So uh, here you go. Welcome to a special Festivus episode. I got two guys here, 
two guests. That's way more than the usual one. Uh, first up, since he's on my screen, I'll go with Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. Bryce, how you doing? Oh, you know, I'm in the festivist mood. I'm ready to complain. Uh, I have a bad baseball team, and I don't have to watch anymore, at least for a few months. So um, that is my festivist present to myself. I know we don't do gifts, but it's just a special one for me to me. <laughs> love to hear it. Love to hear about your shitty, shitty baseball team. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I'm also joined by Ryan Latica of Locked On Rockies. He is new to the network. And uh, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to excited to be a part of this Festivus episode. Do we call them the Lockies now that you're 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 locked on Rockies? Oh yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think about that, but yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> I'm on board. All right. So for people that don't know what Festivus is, uh, it's basically a Seinfeld episode that aired what like 15 years ago. What when did Seinfeld end? Like 2000? So has it been uh, two decades? It was a it was a 90s thing. Hold on, let me yeah. look this up real quick. All right, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been out there in the universe for a while. So if you don't know what Festivus is, you're probably not cool. It ran from uh, 1989 to uh, May 14th, 1998. Oh, okay. So yeah, it, it has been out there for quite a bit. Frank Costanza, that's George Costanza's dad. He made up his own little holiday uh, because he went to go buy a doll for his son and somebody else wanted that doll. And they reached for it together. And at that moment in time, he said that there's got to be a better way. So he made up his own way, as, you know, Frank Costanza would do. And uh, he made Festivus. And there are two things that we know about Festivus. Well, three things, because the day, which is today, as you're hearing this, uh, December 23rd, that is Festivus. Um, that there is the feat of strength, which we will get into in a minute. But uh, first off, we're definitely going with the airing of grievances because uh, that's why Bryce is here. As <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to end this first that quote, but uh, yeah, that's why he's here. And uh, Ryan and me, we just like to have fun, talk about baseball. So uh, Bryce, <laughs> since you are so happy about the airing of the grievances, how about you talk about your grievances with your Texas Rangers? Oh, God, where to start? You know, I'll, I'll start with number one. They just suck. They suck real bad. They were not only bad, but they were miserable to watch. You see, I can live with a bad team. Like, that's fine. If you're a rebuilding team, you got some young guys, there's some exciting things going on, that's fine. But this team just sucked. There was only Lance Lynn. That was the only good thing about this year and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa's defense. Those are the only two good things that happened. And now... Lance Lynn is gone, as he should be. I'm not, I'm not grieved about that. I'm grieved they didn't get a bigger return, but, you know, that's the trademark of these days. But I'm just aggrieved that they couldn't put together a team that is at least fun bad. You know, fun bad. Like, oh, they'll, hit, they'll have some games where they'll hit, like, five home runs. Or, oh, my gosh, this random pitcher will have a gem of a day. And then the next game, he'll get blown up, which, like, that's fine. But there's not even those good days anymore. Like, this next season's going to be even worse than this last one. And Joey Gallo, the one bright spot on this team offensively, was absolutely trash. His worst season ever as the guy who I have defended for nearly a decade now since he was drafted as going to be the star that he was for the first half of last year. So I got some real grievances with this team. I mean, they can hit five home runs in a game of Joey Gallo's, like, really feeling it one day, and he hits five home runs. That That's... That's, that's a fun game right yes but this was just his by far his worst offensive season definitely ever. and it was and, miserable 
as the Joey Gallo defender for so a what decade. are the Rangers doing right now? Because I'm a little <laughs> bit confused by how they're going about things. Uh, Ryan's Rockies just non-tendered David Dahl for you. And then you're like, hey, I'll sign him for uh, one year, $2.7 million, and then with $300,000 in incentives. And uh, mm-hmm. seems like anybody could have had him for that price. Uh, they could have. Crazy to me. Like my they, A's, that would have been fine. That's a grievance of mine. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't uh, know why. They've been doing stuff. Yeah, they, they have been active, way more active than I thought they'd be. I mean, their team at the bottom of the division, like the, the Rafael Montero trade, that made sense. I saw that coming. I mean, he's 30, which it doesn't feel like he's 30, but he is 30. Lance Lynn has absolutely no business being on this team. And um, his wife, the reason they didn't trade him, I think, at the deadline um, was because his wife was about to give birth to their first child. And so he didn't want to, like, go in, get traded to a team, go there, and then have to leave because he is not going to miss the birth of his first child. He didn't want to miss the playoffs um, to be traded to a team and, like, get traded just to miss the playoffs. So that all made sense. But, like, these random little moves, like, the Nate Lowe trade is really stupid. And I'm really I have a grievance with that because they traded three guys in the lower minors, which for a guy who's like a marginal upgrade at first base. Because why? If the if if the Rays like your prospects, that means they're good prospects and you should reevaluate them and you should not trade them to the Rays because the Rays are smarter than you. They are better at scouting than you. And if they like your guys, those guys are good. You hold on to them. Well, especially because the Rangers are rebuilding, too. They're going to want talent that's a little bit further away so that's exactly they're, that's they're like we're trading where they're trading guys they and then also adding and it's very confusing to me um, to be fair that was the one move that they did that was like really stupid but it's it's going to look colossally stupid but jd john daniels ranger general general manager for those who aren't aware said oh yeah we're trading from an area of strength like that then keep that area of strength why are you marginally you still have a guy at first base who's going to be fine replacement level ron guzman i like him He's cheap. You got three more years of control of him to like get a small upgrade at first base guys. You can find everywhere. Why, why are you doing that? There's no reason. Does that conclude your airing of grievances or do you have more? It feels like there's a lot more. (laughs) There's a lot more. With Rugnet Odor, I'll just leave it. I'm aggrieved at Rugnet Odor. Just as a person literally alive. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, not being, I really like Rugi. I mean, any guy who finds a way to get um, a bon- a signing bonus of several horses, like I'm a fan for life. I mean, granted, he's been probably the worst player in baseball the last two years, but like that alone, like uh, on principle, I have to stand, but I just, I have, I have grievances with him. I have grievances with Elvis Andrews' back, not holding up and him not being a good baseball playing player anymore. And also, that reminding me of the fact that I we are all mortal and going to die one day, and it feels like just yesterday he was a 20-year-old coming up on a good Rangers team, being this young, fun guy, and now he's the old guy who is now too old to be a starting shortstop for the Texas Rangers, who are one of the worst teams in baseball. Like that, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with getting old and being constantly reminded of mortality. It's definitely going to be between the Rangers and the Pirates, I think, uh, for worst team in baseball this coming year. It's a tank off. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a, a two-year tank off. Ryan, who do you think is going to be worse, uh, Pirates or Rangers? Uh, honestly, I mean, I would have to lean with the Pittsburgh Pirates, to be quite honest with you. I mean, they those guys have not spent any money at all 
over the last five or six years or however long they have, you know, their last really kind of bright spot was Andrew McCutcheon, you know, and, you know, they haven't made the playoffs since, uh, since that wild card game, I believe against Cincinnati. Is that correct? Or at yeah, least and they it, immediately tore, and they immediately tore it down. Yeah, and they immediately tore it down, and and their their general manager has not, you know, those guys have not spent any money at all, like at all recently. You know, I mean, you could you could look at the Colorado Rockies, you know, and say, well, you know, they've been bad, but they've spent a lot of money, you know, <laughs> on that on that Super Bowl pen that they that they signed three years ago. But I mean, they've spent money. The Pittsburgh Pirates have not spent any money at all, and so if I were if I were a baseball fan, I would probably be the most grieved. Uh, if I were a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, when you I mean, you got to respect your opponents. And, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates are a very great opponent for worst team in the league. You know, you got to hand it to them. You know, they do a great job of not only um, drafting decent players when they are drafting high, but also selling them um, after a few years of them sucking, only for them to reach their potential somewhere else immediately. You know, I yeah, got to really sure. respect them. Uh, they're committed to being terrible. And, you know, when your opponents are that committed, um, to being better than you. And by being better, I mean being much, much worse. You got to tip your hat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's impressive, honestly. Uh, for some reason, I like the Pirates. I, I don't know why. I, I think it's because they suck. And I have a thing for uh, shitty baseball teams. I was just trying to come up with a clever way to say that. And that was not the way to say I that. I mean, you could have just <laughs> said, I'm an Oakwood A's fan. I mean, yeah, but you're born into that. But I also like the Orioles. They're fun in rebuilding. They're not fun. They're just rebuilding. Uh, they, are, they are by no means fun. Yeah, no. They got rid of all their fun guys. Uh, basically, they got uh, Paul Fry. Hunter, like, hey, he's a fun reliever. And that's Hunter it. Hunter Alberto, my guy. I know, I'm hoping that the A's sign him real quick. That'd be nice. Um, it would yeah, break so, my heart. But l- let's get on to, to Ryan's grievances. Ryan, what, what's pissing you off about the Rockies? Oh, man. Um <laughs> Man, there's so many there's so many directions I could go with this. Um, honestly, I'm just gonna say the entire the entire franchise from the 2016 season on, like that whole block of time. Because because okay, so let me let me just kind of break this down for you. So this we're supposed to be in the prime of contention window for the Rockies right now. This is supposed to be you know full guns a blazing with with Nolan Arnato, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story leading the charge. Hometown kid Kyle Freeland supposed to be you know having the rotation locked down, and they have won a grand total of one playoff game, which was that wild card game in Chicago in 2018 when Kyle Freeland threw six and two thirds shutout innings, uh, and then they proceeded to get swept in the NLDS by the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, and. They had a terrible 2019 season. They got off to a hot start this past year, 11 and three best record in baseball after 14 games. And then they just completely petered out. They had, they finished with 26 wins this year. Um, And they just really kind of blew this whole contention window. You know, I mean, they had, as I mentioned, they were going to, they were going to go, you know, full guns a blazing with Nolan Arenado. They signed him to that long eight year extension and I don't know if y'all knew if y'all know this, but that opt out in Nolan Arnato's contract was not asked for by Nolan Arnato. That was put in by the general manager Jeff Breidich. So it looked I'm and that is that is completely factual. You can go look that up. Jeff Breidich put that opt out in Nolan Arnato's contract on purpose. Yes, on purpose. <laughs> God. So Why? so he you essentially know that. I, yeah, he did. You can look that up. But essentially, he. <laughs> It's almost like he was foreseeing that he would want to try and shed Nolan Arnato's contract 
for, you know, in order to maybe re-sign Trevor Story or just to, you know, get out from underneath that huge contract. But so he I essentially... Trevor Story's coming home. He, he's coming home. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, like, you know, if Trevor wants to go join David Dahl down there, they can be the Texas Rockies down there. I'll root for the <laughs> Texas Rockies. Uh, but, you know, it, essentially Jeff Breidich just spent the last, this past offseason, actively pissing off the best player on this team right now. I mean, do you remember when that when those comments came out that Nolan Arenado felt disrespected? And I, I honestly believe that that's that the reason for that is because he signed that extension under the impression that Jeff Breidich would build around him and make the Rockies a perennial contender. And so that way he wouldn't need to use his opt-out. And that has not happened. Well, and I remember putting in that opt-out. Those comments the Rangers were, were talking about trading for Nolan Arenado, and that gave me a sliver of baseball hope. One of the last <laughs> ones that I've had in the last I don't yeah. know, two years. Well, but yeah, so oh, sorry. What were you going to say, Jason? Putting the opt out in has made it harder to trade him if he did want to move the contract. So I don't know why you would do that. It doesn't make any business sense on his end. I'm like, sign him for the deal, and then if you got to get rid of him for nothing, but you move the money, go ahead. But it makes it impossible to move him if a team doesn't know if he's going to be staking around later. They're like, okay, well, I can either give you one prospect or a bunch. It it's really strange, and I don't know why he would do that. So. Uh, I, I no longer stand for Jeff Breidich. Yeah. And, and so this is the thing. All right. So you guys are, you two are in, and everybody listening and you're getting a little bit of a crash course on how the Rockies front office works. The Rockies front office essentially believes that they are smarter than everybody else. They don't need to explain anything to anybody else. Everybody should just trust that they know what they're doing, even if it makes no sense. And, and, and also there is, uh, an email. I mean, Jeff, the uh, our owner, Dick Monfort, he sends out emails to fans periodically, and when he does, it's never a good thing. But he is, it, it, it's not. The, one of the one of the recent ones he sent out to a fan uh, implied that Rockies fans had no idea who Trevor Story was before he made his major league debut. He said he said Jeff Breidich had the courage to trade Troy Tulowitzki even when nobody had any idea who Trevor Story was, and. You know, that's just the thing. They just think that everybody like doesn't know anything of what they're of what they're doing. Well, and by that token, uh, I mean Billy Bean and David Forrest, pretty gutsy guys, trading Josh Donaldson and Yoannis Sesman, guys that have been established and would go on to even better seasons. So, I mean, I guess they're the smartest guys. In, I mean, they are actually pretty good at what they do, but um, <laughs> it, it that's ridiculous. Um, and, and they made a movie. And the other that, thing, the other movies. thing. They did do oh, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the other good. thing, yeah, uh, the other thing is that, um, I don't know if you'll remember this as well. You can Google a Jeff Breidich, and he called him, he, he he essentially compared what he does to being a brain surgeon. He can he compares being a major league general, being a general manager to doing brains. And I'm not even, I'm not kidding. This is in Drew Goodman's book. Drew Goodman, the Rockies play-by-play broadcaster. This was in his book. He he said, you know, you don't question brain surgeons on what they're doing. So who are any of you guys to question what I'm doing? Fun fact, I do question certain brain surgeons out in the world. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, shots fired, Doctor Ben Carson, but uh... Uh, but yeah. So that kind of that kind of wraps up my grievances with the Rockies. You know, they just kind of totally blew this whole contention window. You know, the 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 one good thing to come out of this this past calendar year has been Larry Walker being inducted into the Hall of Fame, first ever player to wear a Rockies uniform well, and be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Was he inducted already? Did they do the ceremony or did they put that? Oh, well, the oh sorry. Sorry. He, he was elected. I guess I yeah, shouldn't okay. say he was inducted. Yeah. Well, he was, I mean, he was elected yeah. to the hall of fame. They're, they're inducting him next year with their, uh, 
with uh, Derek Jeter, right? Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just some guy. <laughs> some oh, he guy. was that. Oh, he was that. Uh, that uh, middling player who played for one of those New York teams. Yeah. Um, and he. Uh, he. Oh, he's the really bad owner of the Marlins. That's who he is. Oh, that's yeah. That's that's guy. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, the Marlins made the playoffs, which is more than the Rangers or the Rockies could say. So, well, yeah, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no comeback there. Yeah, we just yeah. suck. <laughs> Derek Jeter's oh. doing something right, obviously. I mean, he deserves credit for that, but like, I wouldn't say that he knew what he was doing. All the things he did, like it, it that was a real random, fluky, not going to happen again. They it, they doubled the teams that like made the postseason. So like, yeah, you scrape by and happen to get hot. I mean, well, honestly, though, I mean, you think about it. You know, the Marlins they had to replace like three quarters of their team when they all went down to COVID. There was there were there was like one new guy making his big league debut every day for like a solid two weeks. Yeah, that was the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, and the Marlins too, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, Martin's actually happy made to it, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to my airing of grievances. It's going to be quick. It's going to be sweet because uh, everybody knows but you had a good team. The A's. Yeah, you had a good team. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's the pre- and that's where my grievance comes in. It's that they're not spending any money. They have a yeah, really good true. team. They've got rid not got rid of, but uh, they got ten free agents. They they could use some help in the bullpen. They need to replace Marcus Simeon. Uh, they could get by at second base with what they got already, but they need, if they spend 20, $25 million on like short-term deals, they would be good for the next couple of seasons and have a real shot at winning the world series. But it seems like they're just content to go ahead and it, it just feels like they're content to win the AL West. And I don't like that. And uh, it, it's upsetting because this is a team that could go far with, the core pieces that they have and uh, they're, they're not trying to supplement them with better talents or, you know, uh, an upgrade here or there. I mean, at least not yet, obviously they'll add somebody to the bullpen. That's really, really good. That's really, really cheap. Uh, but that usually comes later on, but they need to pounce on something, make a trade, get somebody who gets me excited because uh, it, it's not happening. And uh, you know. my second thing is I want better gear in their team stores. They have the worst gear in baseball. I need a, a, a coat that looks fashionable, but also is, you know, cheap, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I need them to intersect because you, you go on like MLB shop and there's all these things where like the Yankees or any other team, not even like the Yankees and Dodgers, but like the Rangers have cool stuff. Uh, the Mets, obviously they're a big market team. Uh, the, the Mariners have some good stuff. It doesn't have to be a big market team. And the A's just have like, Here's the JC Penney's version of that. And I'm like, no, I, I want an actual thing. It's terrible. So uh, th- those are little things that I uh, am aggrieved with when it comes to the Oakland days. Um, uh, real quick, I just want to jump in here. Um, it, it seems like, at least from what you're telling us, the Oakland days and the Colorado Rockies have exactly opposite problems. The Rockies have that like great core of like three like superstar guys and they just have nothing to surround themselves with, where it seems like the Oakland A's have that like really great supporting cast, just all around really great, valuable players. But they need that kind of like really great superstar guy. Maybe Matt Chapman can, be, can become that, or Matt Olson. But at this point, like at least from what you're saying here, like you, you're saying they need to spend some more money and like bring in some like really big guys. Am I, am I correct in, in making that assessment? More or less. I, I don't know that they need like that big Bryce Harper type piece, you know, like that big $300 million guy. Right. But I think that if they got 
somebody I, I don't know who they would get at shortstop that would cost you know a decent amount of money Isaiah Connor Falefa <laughs> wouldn't mind it he seems okay uh can he, he play shortstop no idea uh, yes he can play shortstop but he can't offense he can't offense <laughs> he can't he cannot offense he can he his batting average is pretty good and that is as far as his offensive capabilities go Ooh, okay. love him to death great guy i mean like literally last year they were trying to split time with him as a catcher and then this year he is the best defensive player in the american league in my opinion splitting time between shortstop and third base which he is got, he got incredible a he got a gold glove, and I think I don't know if he got the platinum glove, but I think he should have. Um, he had more defensive runs saved than anybody in baseball, except for Nolan Arenado. Um, and I think that part of that's because Matt Chapman was hurt for all those games. But and his things still stands. were a little bit down where the, from where they usually are. Uh, I think because of his hip and stuff, uh, his stats were down, and also Marcus Simmons uh, were also down because. so uh yeah so that didn't lead to good things but the a's were still doing fine so they just need to make those couple of little upgrades here i I don't know i think it's probably an outfield bet but they have a lot of outfielders um i I feel like if they would trade they could put together a trade for one year of francisco lindor not resign him and be like oh let's see how this goes that'd be it'd be exciting at the very least offer him the ball i'll forget that trade you know that pick they could have beat Chicago's offer for Lance Lynn and not decimated their farm system. And yeah. you, you hear of a top five pitcher in the American league and like who's quality, who's tested, who is like not the sexiest pitcher. I mean, like, obviously he's the sexiest. Oh, no, he's the sexiest pitcher. <laughs> uh, with that, that big massive beard. Like I think the longer it gets, the more power he has, which is why he was so bad on the Yankees. Um, but definitely the most consistent pitcher in baseball. Cause he's always going six to seven innings, always like no more than three runs, like almost ever. And that's just what you're going to get every single time. And he's going to throw like 120 pitches and be just fine in five days or four days. Yeah. I mean, just, just from, from my perspective, the two games that Lance Lynn started for the Colorado or started for the Rangers against the Rockies were probably the two most frustrating games I watched this past year. Yeah. I mean, they, they I very the Rockies excited. were shut out on opening day by the Texas Rangers in the Rangers' new ballpark. And mm-hmm. then and then Lance Lynn comes to Coors Field. I mean, granted, he gave up two runs, but he went the distance on like 90 pitches at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gave up those two runs in like the first inning and then was just nailed yeah. afterward. Like that those was were, amazing. Yeah, those are those are by far the two most frustrating games I watched this past year. Yeah, Rangers won a one no, one nothing game uh, on the opening day. And then we're like, yeah. ah. So that's what this offense is going to be. And then turns out, especially, that's exactly what especially the offense because was. yeah, especially because the Rockies played those like three preseason games in Texas before the season started. And destroyed and us. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Rockies are scoring, you know, runs left and right. And then opening day comes Lance Lynn's on the mound and they just go <laughs> dead. They're just, you know, nothing from nothing from the plate. And by the end of that series, I was ready to, I was ready to, to have the Rockies be out of Texas. I'm like, let's go somewhere else. I feel like we've been in Texas for like two months now. <laughs> I'm very excited to not be facing uh, Herman Marquez next year. I, I don't think at least, because he was very good too. Uh, Lance Lynn shut down the, uh, the A's for a few starts there. Uh, I think he had like a one eight ERA. It was ridiculous. Um, and so by comparison, I, I looked up Dane Dunning stats and he gave up two hits in two thirds of an inning. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to facing Dane Downing as opposed to Lance <laughs> Lynn, uh, in, in future seasons. You um, know, the thing, the thing is Dane Dunning is, 
is now the Rangers' ace because their starting rotation was that bad last year. Well, do you think that there's any chance that they think that this ballpark is going to be playing as a pitcher's park? So therefore, or yeah, as a pitcher's park. So they don't necessarily need to add a ton of pitching. They're just like, yeah, they'll get better because of the park. You know, kind of like uh, what was happening in Oracle for a minute. Uh, I think that's part of it. And I also think that it's like it's in the Rangers hitters head. Like Willie Calhoun, like a lot of the other guys, um, uh, Nick Solak as well. Like they had truly terrible seasons and even Joey Gallo's numbers were bad because like every they'd hit a, a fly ball hard and it'd be like a good fly ball that would should be in the doubles or like in the gap for a double or like over the fence. And it just like dies out there. And like just seeing that over and over and over again, I think diminished the confidence of those Rangers hitters. And they're like, eventually I think they're going to move the fences in because like originally like all of those fence measurements where they have a thing, it's like, it's commemorating something. One of them is like 29 for Adrian Beltre. One of them is um, whatever Nolan Ryan's number is. I honestly can't remember. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> he kind of burnt that bridge on his way out of ownership um, for me caring about him as much. Also, he was like 40 when he was here. and He didn't actually win anything. It was just some fun. Oh, Nolan, whatever. Um, but like all of those dimensions like had a corresponding thing, like 95 when they won the pennant. But like, I think they're going to have to change that like find some other random reason that some number of like 10 feet in is like better because if you're going to like do like demoralize your own offense, like to the benefit of the, it's not even benefiting the pitchers that much. They're not that good anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So I think they're going to end up changing that, but not this year, maybe after next year when they actually try and start spending money and doing things again. Do you think that they're going to start adding guys, that are more like doubles and gap to gap hitters, uh, kind of like what the Giants were doing there for a little bit, recreate their offense that way, as opposed to having them be just a bunch of mashers. I don't think so. I I think maybe I, it, it's possible, but Ronald Guzman is a guy who would do exactly that. And they just traded for a guy to replace him, even though I, Guzman like is one of the best hitters in the Dominican summer league right now or winter league right now. And also had like, was only up for like 20 games or so with the Rangers this year and did pretty well. Was like one of their better offensive players. Not that that's saying much. And then he also had like a really monster triple A season when he got sent down in 2019. Um, so basically since he got sent down in 2019, like towards the end of the year, he's been like pretty dang good and hasn't really had an opportunity. And then they trade for Nate Lowe for no freaking reason. <laughs> All right. I got uh, a question for you too, actually real yeah. quick. Go for um, it. Once so so they just signed David Dahl for two point seven million dollars. They also just shipped off Lance Lynn. Um, so I, I mean, obviously the the Lance Lynn trade kind of you know looks like a rebuild. You know, selling off a really good player for for prospects. Uh, but do you do you kind of see them extending David Dahl um, if you know if he's able to finally play a full healthy season? If and if he's a productive player like like we like we all know he can be. Yeah, I mean, but he's, I'm pretty sure he's arbitration eligible. So the Rangers will get um, more seasons from him if they want. And so it's like, yeah. a, it's a real buy low, like, sure, we'll put him in left field and get Willie Calhoun to be a DH. And so if it works out and he's good um, and people want to trade for him this year, I don't think they would because they need to see like a, like a yeah, season a and a half season, of, yeah. of him being healthy. Um, but they're like, if not, then like, he'll be fine. He'll be an upgrade. So and for cheap. So I, I get yep. it's like a real, it's not a like, oh, we think we're going to contend. It's just like a, nobody else is going to spend on him. Like if he's there, yeah. so we'll throw this money at him and it should work out pretty well. All right. Should we get on to uh, our, our feats of strength where we each nominate one hitter on our teams 
and uh, we'll give like 30 seconds on why this person should win the feats of strength. And then the other two people will spend two minutes tearing that person to shreds. Uh, that is the <laughs> name of this game. Um, I'll go first just to have fun here. I got Matt Olson as my feats of strength nominee. Uh, I was looking over at baseball reference and over the course of a 162 game season, he is projected to go for 40 home runs, 101 RBI, 245 batting average. He can improve on that, but you know, he's doing so much with the glove. I don't care about the batting average 338 on base and an 838 OPS. He's finished in the MVP races. Uh, gotta love that. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a handsome guy. He has a very memorable swing. Uh, I think that that is why he is the feet of strength champion of 2020 uh, here on the Lockdown Ace podcast. What do you oh, guys got You say he, fi- he finished in the MVP race? He got 21st. He got some middling votes. He had a goal. He didn't even get a, a silver slugger. He wasn't even but the it's best feet of strengther at his position. Yeah, that's true. The no silver slugger thing really hurts you there. I mean <laughs> – he hasn't even hit 40 home runs in a regular season. I mean, the most he, in 162 games, the last time he actually played 162 games was back in 2018. He hit 29. You really think that guy is going to hit 40 home runs? I don't yes. see it. Uh, I think he would easily. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Give <laughs> him plate appearances. I mean, granted, he had a, had a, a few a decent season in 2019, but you really think he's going to be healthy enough? I mean, yeah, in this crazy, crazy season that year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I know hand. the handmade bone. How many home runs hand- did that year? Yeah, his his handmate bone. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it ever. I mean, he only hit 14 home runs last year, and he played every single game. I don't see it happening next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bryce, who do you got as your Feet of Strength champion nominee? Oh, God, this is, this is going to hurt to see you tear this man apart. But I, I got Joey Gallo, the, literally strength personified. The guy who hits more homers than singles and can't get on base at all? <laughs> hey, he gets on base just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like how you were making fun of uh, Matt Olson getting one of these over here uh, MVP votes. Uh, you know who hasn't gotten any? Joey Gallo. He's not even good enough to consider to th- have a throwaway pick for an MVP vote. Hey, yeah, that on base percentage just over three hundred, and he's never gotten a silver slugger either. <laughs> he had a three. He had a three eighty nine on base percentage in two thousand nineteen. Okay, yeah, yeah but I'm Did talking about this year? past year. You gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. Go by the most recent. No, you don't. Counterpoint. <laughs> no, you don't. Ignore everything that happened in the 2020 season because it was garbage. <laughs> yeah, just fair. like okay, everything that fair. happened in 2020 for the rest of us. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you go back to 2018, then 148 games against just 70 in 2019 on base percentage of just 312. He had two. He had there are some guys with batting averages higher than that. He had back to back 40 home run seasons and had 22 home runs in 70 games in 2019. 70 games. Yeah, again, not good enough to earn a silver slugger. <laughs> Which is garbage. He was only out. He was out for most of the season. That's the only reason that he didn't win the silver slugger and the MVP, in my opinion. I mean, he also could have fallen back to earth and uh then we'd actually know what kind of a player joey gallo is 
as opposed to this guessing game that we're still in right now. <laughs> Joey Gallo doesn't live on Earth. He's better than Earth. <laughs> he doesn't live on Earth. He lives where he hits the baseballs, which is into the sun. <laughs> Why does he live on the sun? That doesn't seem healthy. Because he is a god and he can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. Who is your nominee for the uh, whatever we're doing here? <laughs> the feats of strength. That's the one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm sure that y'all are expecting me to go with Nolan Arnato, but I'm not going to go with Nolan Arnato. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go with Trevor Story. Oh. Trevor Story routinely shows off his incredible power at Coors Field. Hence, they've nicknamed him. They've nicknamed him the Concourse Kid. He routinely hit the left field concourse right in front of the Helton Burger Shack out there on the left field concourse. He he had that highlighted by that three homer game against the Giants a couple of years ago. He had that 505 foot homer, the longest one in the major leagues. Uh, so I'm going to go with Trevor Story. Yeah, his uh, his home road splits uh, not not doing him very many favors on that one. Uh, okay, so. yeah, of course you're going to go there with a Rockies hitter. Why did yeah, you no, look I, at? I just count. I, I say we just count everything that happens. Just yelling coors the entire time. Yeah, just yelling coors. I literally just want to be like coors. <laughs> <laughs> and that is our that's, argument. That's, that's yeah, that's, argument. That, that just wraps it up. You could just say coors. Coors. <laughs> It doesn't matter that Aaron Judge's home road splits are astronomically, you know, I mean, he has a 150 point higher home split than he does on the road, but it just scores for the Rockies. Well, I mean, I do think that it's overblown a little bit that the Coors factor and one thing that I, uh, it's not overblown enough in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, here's the thing with uh, David Dahl, Bryce's new uh, outfielder. I think that with Coors, because they, play at altitude they are constantly adjusting to what they have to do at the plate and so i think that with a more consistent approach or you know just a a consistent level it makes it easier for a player like david Dahl to maybe stay healthy and have a better you know not home road splits but you know home road splits uh where he's more consistent across the board as opposed to being great at one and not so great at the other so uh, I mean, if Trevor Story had played on the depressing 2020 Texas Rangers team, he would have hit maybe three home runs because just <laughs> being on that team is going to lower your home run percentage by like 80. If I could, if I could just take a moment here, because you bring up a good point, Jason, uh, just to kind of educate the the viewing audience here, because I assume this will be posted on Locked On A's, correct? Wait, they, they want us to be... You want people to be educated listening to your show? <laughs> oh, is that what we're going for? I, I might, I might need to change oh, some things. No, <laughs> I might need to change some things. Let's read. No, report. but I just want to, I just want to take a, a minute because Jason's, Jason's right on with that. You know, there is something that you know a lot of people don't know anything about. It's called the Coors Field Hangover Effect, or essentially breaking pitches at altitude. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> that's breaking kind of perfect because Coors. <laughs> yeah, because Coors, right? Exactly. But, but breaking pitches at altitude behave differently than pitches do at sea level. And the Rockies are the only team that play as high as they do. So essentially the thing that the Rockies are always are constantly going through is um, they have to, you know, they play a super long homestand. They're scoring all kinds of runs at, at home, but then they go on the road and all of a sudden all the pitches they, that they were seeing are behaving in a completely different way on the road. So that's a constant adjustment that the Rockies hitters are going through over the course of the season, 15 or 16 times or however many times they go on the road. And so that's why I do honestly do believe that going to Texas can really help out David Dahl. He won't be constantly dealing with that. He also won't be constantly dealing with the enormous outfield at Coors Field that he had to deal with over the first four or five years of his career, however long he spent with the Rockies. 
Um, but yeah, so hopefully, you know, we'll see a little bit more improvement from David Dahl. In well, that that's regard. good. Cause I was looking at his, his defensive numbers and fan like really hates his defense. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they were like almost, com- they were like almost comparable to like Willie Calhoun. And I'm like, is there, I'm like, is there really that like different, like Honestly, that small a difference? But I like, I didn't realize that like Coors was like, I know Coors is a huge outfield, but like Globe Light Field is a pretty huge outfield as well. Yeah. But yeah. And honestly, that's kind of the thing It's with Coors field, you know, the, the fences are, are so far out, you know, to kind of, you know, try and keep some home run balls in the park, but then you're going to get, you know, all the little, you know, blue singles and blue doubles that are going to fall in. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's honestly a really incredibly hard field to kind of defend as an outfielder. Joey Gale would do it very well. My final yeah. point here for, uh, for our feats of strength here. And that is, I know for a fact that Matt Olson will be with the A's in 2021. I am not 100% sold that either Trevor Story or Nolan Arenado or Joey Gallo will make it through the 2021 season with the teams that they are currently on. And that is my You watch your mouth. You watch your mouth, sir. Story I have no defense for that because you're probably right. I mean, neither of them will probably will be. They, they, they probably will be gone. I'm just going to be honest here. <laughs> they, they'll probably both be gone after this year. All right. So Matt Olson is your uh, inaugural feet of strength champion here on Locked on A's. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that we're in agreement with that, but uh, I, I got some more grievances to air. <laughs> just, I got some more grievances. <laughs> All right. Um, I got some problems with you people. You're going to hear about it. (laughs) All right. So that was our Festivus episode with Ryan Latica and Bryce Patterick. Uh, Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Where can they find you on social media, your shows, all that stuff? I'll start with you, Ryan. Yeah. um, Oh, wow. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Wow. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you can can follow Locked on Rockies at (laughs) – You can follow Locked on Rockies at LO Rockies on Twitter. You can also follow you can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan Latica, L-A-D-I-K-A, for those who may not know how to spell my last name. And you can follow me on Twitter at uh at Bryce Patrick. That's Bryce with an I, the correct spelling at Bryce Harper. Um uh Patrick P-A-T-E-R-I-K. You can also follow um the Rangers locked on Rangers. Um don't go looking for the hockey rangers. We are different, we get mixed up with them all the time. Lots of very fun hockey tweets come at the Locked On Rangers account. (laughs) But yeah, find Locked On Rangers wherever you wherever you get this podcast as well. Gosh, I'm having a hard time speaking too. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making the time, you guys. We'll have to do uh, this every year, I guess, to celebrate our, our roots in Festivus and uh, you know, make this a tradition. It's a beautiful tradition. I love it. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is a lot of fun. All right. Definitely going to have some grievances next year, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm going to be aggrieved for you after m- them making me sit through that shitty team for, uh, what, 18, 19 games? However many games they end up playing the Rangers. I'm going to be aggrieved with the Rangers. <laughs> I am sorry on their behalf in advance. (laughs) All right. Take it easy, you guys. A very big thank you to Ryan Latica and Bryce Patterick for joining me on this half-baked idea that turned into a very fun conversation about baseball for 40 minutes. So uh, thank you to them. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. 
right after we recorded this, we also did another like 15 or 20 minutes talking about The Mandalorian just as a whole, but specifically the season finale of season two. Uh, that'll be its own separate episode. So if you guys don't want spoilers, then uh, you don't have to listen to it. But uh, if you want to hear some Mandalorian talk, that's on there for you guys. That'll be in your feeds a little bit later this week. So hopefully you guys enjoy that as well. Um, there was also something that uh, I, I hit record when we just get into the Zoom meeting just because some sometimes fun things happen. And this uh, this conversation that we had, something fun happened where Bryce uh, explained that he did not know about Festivus and explained why he did want to do this uh, this episode anyway. So I'm going to put that in here in just one second, right, right after I sign off and right before the music. So uh, without further ado, enjoy your holidays, you guys. Stay safe and, uh, you know, take care of each other. So uh, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk at you guys later. All right. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I don't know that much about um, this sacred holiday. Um, There's not much to tell. I just know it's an airing of grievances, and I'm always down to bitch. 